0: empire hello and welcome to my podcast do me a favor subscribe to the john Com report wherever you get your podcast you're watching on youtube hit that like button hit that subscribe button you can find us there as part of empire media A M P I R E. IRE. always much appreciated by the way go back and check out some of the stuff we put out this week i had an interview with former washington corner fred smooth That went out Thursday, always fun and entertaining with him. And I had a roundtable with three of my co-beat writers, Sam Fortier, Pete Haley, and Matt Paris that was out on Tuesday. Good insight into what's going on with Washington and looking ahead to this game Sunday night. I'm going to give you my keys and predictions in a minute, but first let's go over some injuries and news from Commander's Facility. Anyway, let's start with corner Benjamin St. Juiced. He's got the sprained right ankle. Will he play or not? He's listed as questionable. Now, it's what I was told is there's not quite as much optimism as they hoped there would be at this point in the week. He did have a good day on Friday, so what, what does that mean? Well, let's see what how it responds Saturday, and then probably Sunday morning, when when they go test him again. So I don't know. I think it's very, very. I don't know if I can how many varies I can put in front of questionable, but there's very questionable as to whether or not he play. If I had to guess. I probably lean slightly to the no, but I don't know how it's going to be for him Saturday or Sunday, and that will be a big key. Does he take another step? Does he have another good day Saturday, just even the walkthrough or the way they test it? That would be a good sign. Now I will say, in practice on Friday, he he was limited, but he did do Thursday and Friday. He did more than he did on Wednesday, but I think they're going to be very careful with him to make sure that nothing happens beyond this week. So they need him back. They they can definitely use his length. And his short quickness ability, that, that little pivot route for a touchdown in that first game, that's a play that he defends very well. And that's, you know, even the deep ball it defends that well, too. So those are plays where you noticed his his absence there. And so they need him back. But I don't know. I don't know, folks. Anyway, F.A. Obada. defensive end, hurt his finger in practice the other day. He's listed as questionable. And so we'll see on him. that's That would be another loss if this next guy isn't available and that's defensive end chase young will he play or not like I'm kind of like you guys I'm tired of talking about but my job is to talk about it because he's a key player he's a big name on this team and there's a lot of interest in him and it's it's kind of matters if he plays or not so we ask about it whether or not people are tired of it I can't help that because guess what we're tired of asking the same questions but the bottom line is we don't know and so what here's what I do know with him is that I think this is the closest closest he will be to getting out there compared to the previous weeks. Um, I know there was one week where there was some soreness. One week he had the illness, and then they were also playing on the turf, et cetera. And it was just not a good combination for him. But this is a week where I think he's, you know, he's, he's really had two more weeks since that game. The problem is it still comes down to the same thing. How confident is he in pushing and testing that knee in a game? Because of CBA, you can't have these physical practices anymore, especially late in the season. You're not going to have those. So you can't test it in practice the way you need. And that's taking on double teams and and, exploding into a 300-pound guy and getting hit from another angle, et cetera. All that stuff. You've got to have confidence that you can absorb that. Again, as I told you, it goes back to the ruptured patella tendon has been the trickier one for him to overcome. So how confident is he? Will he play? I don't know. And Ron Rivera said it's going to come down to Sunday again. When we listen to Rivera again, he says all the same stuff, but it's the same stuff they've been saying. I do sense again that this, if there's a time where he's going to come back, that it could definitely be this week with Obada possibly out, then you could use him this week. The, the risk would be what if he gets out there and after a few plays says, it doesn't feel right. Then you got to take him out. But what if he gets out there and says, Hey, it feels better than I thought. Now you got him for 10 to 15 snaps. And, there, and that now yeah, you have your guy back. So I'm still not, I'm not going to commit one way or another because I think that would be silly at this point, but that's what I know. So now I told you. So anyway, let's get to the key. Oh, by the way, I made this offer the other day on the podcast and I'm hoping somebody takes me up on it, but I'm willing to do a private Zoom. If you know somebody going through a hard time this holiday season that you think could be helped by a pick-me-up talking Commanders football, please let me know. Happy to connect with that person on Zoom and go from there drop me a line on Twitter at John underscore kind connect with maybe you can connect with me on our YouTube page drop a note there and set it up if somebody wants to take advantage of it that's great I'm happy to help and 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 do something that maybe can distract somebody for 10 to 15 minutes anyway let's get to the keys to the game number one stop Daniel Jones Joe Montana part two right I mean that's who Daniel Jones always seems to play well against Washington. I will say he's not a. People think he's a horrible quarterback. He's not a horrible quarterback. They've got he has very little around them outside of Saquon Barkley, and yet they've been able to win seven games with that. That's that's kind of impressive given what they have or don't have at receiver. So, but stop, but so you got to stop him. Stopping him means stopping Saquon Barkley. You need to stop it. I felt like Washington did a good job against Barkley in that first game. They like to use those five D line fronts of him. They they kind of mixed mixed and match with the five D line fronts sometimes, and then the four two look at other times. They sometimes they had six defensive backs out there, and with um they go uh, with four one, four one, um, 6 defensive backs. So they're they mixed and matched a lot, but they, but you got to stop Barkley. The problem is. I was even talking to a defensive player on Friday I said, you know, you guys did a pretty good job against him, except for those two-minute runs. Was, when they were in the two-minute drill, late in the first half, Barkley had a few runs there where some of his better runs. Well, the linebackers are retreating off the snap, so it's designed for them to pick up yards on the ground because you're expecting pass. Well, that's where Barkley was successful. So I kind of pointed out to one of the defensive players, he goes, yeah, the problem with him, though, he could break one at any time, and that is true. He can be one, one, three, two, four, five, zero, forty-five. You need to stop. You need to be aware of that forty-five because it could happen at any point. It sounds like Barkley feels healthier than he did last week, and even the first meeting. So that's a big key stopping him because you need to stop Jones. Because if Jones gets in those second and short situations, he's a highly effective play action and deep ball thrower. We saw that in the first game. We've seen that over the years you need to be aware of that. So the other part is, and I'm going to get to the passing in a minute more, but the other part is his legs. And I know everybody likes these design quarterback runs. It's not about design quarterback runs. He had a fumble on one of those. Imagine if they, that this team ran Heineke up the middle as the the Giants did with Jones in the first game, and he fumbled the ball. What are you going to say? Well, it wasn't the design runs that hurt Washington. It was the scrambles. That's where you have to be able to do a better job. And some of that comes back to rush discipline. That's a, it's a phrase that's not just about the guys working together. It's sometimes you'd see like Obada sometimes freelances a little bit more and he get out of a gap because of it. You know, and if you're going to get out of your gap, somebody's got to recover in there. And that's when you had some problems. He had the 21 yard run off a of scramble, he had a couple extended drives off scrambles. Now, most of those drives, those drives where he scrambled, they ended in, in in field goals. So that that's one by and large, but still it's a problem because it extends drives and it still leads to points. So you've got to handle that better. Now, is it just a matter of spying? Well, it's not that simple because one thing, and I had when I had Smoot on, he advocates for playing more man to man. Well, I was talking to a defensive back about that. And like they played a lot of zone because they wanted to keep their eyes on Jones. You play man, he can run the hell out of it. That's when you're going to get some of those longer runs for, for by by the quarterback because you you're running guys off. And now if there's an opening outside and there's nobody there. Now you got 30 or 40 yards. Whereas the longest one the other day was 21, still need to be better, but that, but that's why they played a lot of zone that first game. And I, I would anticipate some more of that again, but in even within that, they did use a spy because on that 21-yard run, there was a spy. One of the linebackers was supposed to spy. I think it was Bostic. Think I'm not positive. Well, I strike I don't know. I'm just assuming on that one based on the action of the play. Suffice to say, there was a spy in that play who overran the play. There was a linebacker who overran the play. Anyway. So, But they did have it, and there are other times where, where when, when they're using those spies, they're going to drop, and they're going to have some other responsibilities, but they also keeping the eye on the quarterback. So that's what they're they, – they will do that. And then sometimes Rivera was kind of saying on Friday that sometimes it's a matter of how do you want to push that – like they may design the rush to push him and force him a certain way to another side where you have that spy there as well. So again, it may look like they're in coverage a little bit, but their responsibility also is Jones. So those are some of the strategies you can use because you've got to contain those legs. Now he does hurt other teams with his legs. This isn't the only team, but this team does get hurt a lot by those mobile quarterbacks because we've seen it. You've got to start with the rush discipline, try and keep him in that pocket and, and force him to make throw plays from there because I think it's a lot difference. But again, where that play action, the deep ball, if you get to second short because of Barkley. The other thing is, with Jones, it's stopping that pass game. He was 25 for 31 the other day. You can't have that again. You can't let him complete 80% of his passes. And he had – there was one, a couple of balls were dropped. And one was a spike, one was a drop. And that deep drop could have led to game-winning points. So you've got to be much better there with those situations. Some of that comes to being able to apply more pressure on him – I think being able to rotate a little bit more on the inside with some of those D linemen, I think would make a difference. But I think John Allen is playing way too many snaps, but highly effective. Anyway, but you've got to do a better job in coverage. That's where St. Juice could help because if not, they're going to pick on whoever's in there, whether it's Danny Johnson or Christian Holmes again, they will pick on that area. Trust me on that. And so they have to do a better job there. So there you go. But it starts with the stop those, stop Barkley, stop the scrambles, you'll have a better game. Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Number two key, handle the pressure. Do I have to explain this one? Well, I'm going to. So there's a couple ways to do it. So my my first thought is we need to stop thinking of protection as just the offensive line's fault and uh, issue because I would hope that we know more than that by now, but I'm just going to remind it again because so much goes into protection that I don't think people always realize, media, fans, whatever. Um, I think a lot of people are guilty of that, sometimes even players, but it's not just in the line. So you saw even last time, like tight ends were in blocking at times, John Bates was, the backs have to do a better job in protection. There were a couple of times where Bates was locked one-on-one, did a nice job, but if you have that help, the help sometimes left him. I don't know why, but then so if you maintain the help, Within sometimes it's just the the, the back is someone's going to read where, where, you know, maybe you have help to the inside and, you know, you're not, that's where you're going to stay. So Bates says, you know, handle better. But sometimes it's also about quarterback drops. Quarterback's got to drop to the right air. If you're dropping too deep, then some of those plays where it looks like the guy might get beat around the edge at nine or 10 yards, like, well, no, you shouldn't be that deep because now you're giving that pass rusher a better angle to get to you. So you've got to be aware of the drops. You've got, the receivers have to run, the, the timing of their routes have to be precise because that that delay could mean the difference between a tip ball that's a fumble, we saw that in the first game, or a sack or a completion. So you, there's so many factors that go into protection that it's not just as simple as offensive line has to do better. Well, yeah, and those one-on-ones, they do, but you've got to also help them with other areas. And then it's also the line calls because we saw this a couple of times where there's guys unblocked and the one time Thibodeau sacks Heineke, how he held on the ball in the overtime, I don't know, but he did. So you've got to do better there. But sometimes, too, then the last part is if you're rushing seven and blocking six, which happened on the, in the first game, then the quarterback has to know who's coming free, where do I go with the ball? That's the other part of it. So it all ties in together, and, and, you know, so it's more than just the line has to do better. They all have to do better with that. And then I think the other part of the handling the pressure is – can you get them to declare what they're going to do earlier? Or can you put them in a less in a situation where maybe they're not able to disguise quite as much what they're going to do with the blitzes. For example, there are times in that first game where you're, you're taking a linebacker left left on the left outside of the defense, looping him in all the way over to to the left guard. And that's a, you know, so like they were able to get some stuff off that. Sometimes they're taking Thibodeau who's lined up like on the right side, kind of over the tackle, and the, and the defense is right, and they drop into a, a drop area on the other side of the, on the other halves, and like you don't see a lot of defensive ends doing that. So like they do some crazy, some some exotic stuff like that, and they're willing to send corners and linebackers, all of these guys. So can you get them out of it? Well, one of the ways that you can try that is to do a little bit what the Eagles did last week against them, and spread it, spread the field a little bit, get get them to spread the field. And then there's then, then you're gonna to have to declare a little bit earlier. You have a little bit more ability to read what they might do and from where that can help too. So that's one way you can help. And I think when you're looking at the receivers, I still think, like, and I thought this in the first game, but I think this still, that this is this should be a good game for the receivers if you handle the pressure. So and I will I'm gonna give credit here to also to Fabian Rowe, former former Redskin, Fabian Rowe, who I felt played a very smart game. He's an athletic guy, but he also played a very smart game in the first game against McCorn. McLaurin still went over 100 yards, but I felt like Moreau did a nice job and taking away some of what McLaurin wanted to do with his leverage, knowing where his help was. Again, a smart game. So how can you combat that? Well, sometimes if you're going to play heavy inside, then maybe you can run some sort of a pivot route, get back outside, or can you run some sort of a go, you know, maybe a stop and go, slant and go, something like that, because they really want to take away the slant and then those digs. That's a lot of what they're trying to take away. So can you get them out of that by doing that? And then maybe creating them, getting them to play a little bit more honest and even, and now you have more routes at your disposal. So that's that's an option. I think Dotson, I'd continue to try and get that kid the ball because that kid can make plays. And can you do that? So I think that's something else to look for. But again, it starts with handling the pressure because if you do, now you have the ability to make plays. So I'll be curious to see how, how how these receivers handle it because they love playing man They they love playing man coverage, Giants do. And this team likes running against man coverage. This is a good matchup for them if they handle the pressure. Anyway, the last one, red zone success. Oh, excuse me. One more thing on the the pressure. Then it's incumbent on with Heineke. What we saw in that first game, sometimes the ability to extend plays on that fourth down, maybe use your legs a little bit more when possible to extend plays. And because it's really, it's never about design runs for him. You don't really, you don't want that him with. The scrambling can be a weapon for them, and it's another way to maybe offset some of that. So anyway, there you go. Now, last key, red zone success. And they had, I didn't have a lot of red zone drives last time, but overall, their red zone offense has not been very good. And one of the things is and Heineke will have to do a better job in there. I think he does a nice job between the 20s. I think he throws a lot with more trust, some anticipation, and throws that might look risky, but to him are not. They might be tight windows. They might get there just ahead of the defender, but he feels good about what he sees, and he's throwing with a level of trust. You get in the red zone, is a little bit different. In the red zone, in, in his seven starts, he's 12 of 26. They need to be better. So I think it was against the Falcons, or a couple games ago he had, or maybe it was the Texans, has John Bates in the seam route. He hits the plan step, sees it, hesitates, and then by the time he throws, it's behind him, it's high, It's 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 incomplete. Last time against the Giants, you had De'Ami Brown on one, but also on third down three, you have Jahan Dotson breaking behind in the back of the end zone. Now, could he see him? Well, I think what he saw, and I talked to him about this, and what he said he saw, he saw the safety react. Terry McLaurin was on the same side. He sees the safety on that side react to McLaurin. Based on the safety's reaction, he knows Dotson's open. So he knows that he's got that throw right now. He didn't make it. Why? Because he's not, he didn't see was coming with Dotson. So he didn't want to make a blind trust throw in the red zone and risk the interception. So what he's doing is protecting the points. This goes back to last year when he threw two picks in the red zone against Green Bay and New Orleans, and they impacted the game. He doesn't want that to happen now. He wants to make sure you got the points, protect those points. So sometimes you're risking that seven points um, to get just to make sure you get three. But I think you're going to have to sometimes trust a little bit more what you've seen because those throws were there, and I think he's at that point. But again, he's really trying hard to protect that. He also's got to do. He's also got to hit Logan Thomas if he's wide open again. But that's another. That's another. That's another key, I guess. Or it would be hit the guys that are open. But the red zone success is, is pivotal. They run the ball pretty well down. They run it okay down there. But the passing in with him, it's got to be there because the throws are there. They the plays are there. It's just a matter of him trusting it a little bit more. And maybe, but, but again, like he's protecting the points and guess what? He has no picks. He hasn't thrown a pick down there this year. So that's good, but they do need to have better red zone success and it's, and it starts with him. So, and then this game, that's, that could be the difference between a W and an L anyway, there you go. Those are the keys to the game. Now my prediction, this game, I, I haven't changed my stance from the first game. I think that Washington is a slightly better team than the giants. And I think they're going to win. I'm going to go 24 to 20. I can see them being able to run the ball again. You can attack those edges. I, I like their their run game against them. I like the way Brian Robinson is running. I like Wes Schweitzer at, at center to continue that. And so I like what they can do there. You can't fumble the ball. You can't give the ball away in your own territory because that those one one or two players are going to decide this game. Just like each team last game could say, "Hey, if you make this play, this play, this play, this play, you win the game." So that's going to be the same thing this time as well. So. But I do like them, you know, I I think, you know, if they can do the same job on Barkley they did the first time and be more effective against Jones, then they're going to win. But if you're going to you, – if you turn it over and you don't do a better job against Jones, then we'll look at another flip the coin. But I'm going to stick with Washington, 24-20. to 20, I would put them at 8-5-1 and one and in, in in command of that sixth and final – excuse me, not final playoff spot, but the sixth play, playoff spot in the NFC – going into next week's game against San Francisco. Anyway, there you go. There are my keys and predictions. And I'll be back after the game to talk about whatever happens Sunday night. going to be a fun one, folks. Big football in December in Washington. It's about time. Have fun. And I'll talk to you next time.